installment of the WRYH podcast, better known as Who Raised You Host, a weekly discussion of LGBTQ culture, pop culture, a table topic better known as The Thread, and of course, Ultimate Selfie, which is my self-care tip. <clears throat> my name is Lonnie, and I am your host. As you can hear, my voice is still a little shaky from me being sick over the week. Um, my voice isn't 100%. But we're working on that, and this wine is kind of helping, so we're going to get right into the shenanigans. Um, I had an amazing weekend. I went to a toy drive um, with the organization that I like to participate and support, and the mixer was pretty decent. I had a good time. I didn't get home until the wee hours in the morning yesterday, so I'm kind of recovering. I'm over 30, so... When you get to that age, going out and partying and act like the next day, like everything is fine, just ain't a part of the equation. I didn't get home till like what after four a.m. and I didn't wake up until about eleven. So, um, I had a very um, light Sunday. I attempted to start cleaning my house, which I did effectively. Um, I wish I'm I need to start looking into looking at a maid service because I just. I, don't, I get the energy to want to clean, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, ah, I don't want to do it. Like, uh, I'd rather sit in my filth. But I am getting better. I'm starting to make improvements. I'm growing up in these streets. And yeah, so other than that, let's get straight to the shenanigans. The soundtrack for this week's um, The Timeline, I swear it needs to be Jodeci's Cry for You because literally. You niggas were on my timeline crying from Friday literally until today. So, um, my spirit is telling me to talk about Kanisha West Kardashian. If you don't know, that is the term that I call the um, the man formerly known as Kanye West. Kanye started off <clears throat> the whole mood of crying on everyone's timelines. I want to say about Friday. Um, he addressed the fact that he felt like Sickle Mode was, which is a song by Travis Scott and Drake. He felt like it was a diss. He um, talked negatively about cloud chasing. Um, he felt like he should, um, yeah, you, got, you sold your soul for a number one record, but look at what it was. It was a diss record and he felt like it was a diss to him and he feels like Drake is consistently dissing him. Um... Drake nor Travis has publicly said anything. However, Kim has responded to the whole thing and basically was saying that, oh, her husband's a legend and, oh, Drake, you never never threatened my husband or my family. At the end of the day, if you see Kylie, do you see Kylie involved in any of this? Do you see her responding to any of this? No, these are grown men. This is an issue between grown men. You should stay in a woman's place. And I hate to be stereotypical like that, but in certain situations, it's kind of like a man involving himself in drama with women. He shouldn't be involved in that drama. That's not his place. It's not his argument. It's not his fight or his battle. But you'll look at him sideways if he involves himself in that disagreement. His wife or not, that's not her place to give her input in it. It's just like, listen, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to keep it cute in this corner. But the minute my name is brought up, I have no choice but to respond. No one asks you to respond. So um, it just it escalated um, over the weekend. 
and it turned into Saturday morning. Um, who is it? Okay, here we go. So he says, um, he tweeted, um, Saturday, this was Friday. He was saying that he was, had a meeting with Travis and that it, um, that it would never be a check over stripes um, line again with a tra- um, with Travis song on Donda. Um, he's still supposedly working on this album that he consistently talks about. So Ariana, that Friday as well, she was prepping to release her new single, Imagine. Now, um, Ariana put out a tweet, and it was kind of a joke, which I got, which was a joke to stand culture. Now, Kanye took it upon himself to think that the joke was about him. So... Ariana tweeted, um, guys, I know there are grown men arguing online right now, but me and uh, but Miley and I dropping our beautiful new songs tonight, so if I could please just, if y'all can just please behave for just like a few hours so girls can shine, that's, that'll be so sick. Thank you. So, um, <clears throat> hold on, I need to sip line for this because this was a reach, and it was a bad reach at that so Kanye tweets I know Ariana said this to be cool and didn't mean no harm but I don't even like the slight the uh, the slightest level of slight commentary for someone I know loves and respects me so he said all this foolishness weighed on my mental health so Ariana Grande I know I, you know I got love for you but until you're ready to really make sure everyone's okay, don't use me or this moment to promote a song. Then he goes on a further rant about Drake. So he says Drake verbally attacked Cuddy when he was in a hospital and went at me after TMZ because after TMZ because I decided to release albums in June. It snowballed and refused to meet. Um, he refused to meet with me, but text. My mother-in-law did sneak this on people's records that I consider family. Travis, um, Drake and Trav both love Ye, um, Ye more than anyone. And I know those guys, I love those guys back. We love everyone. I need another sip of wine. I'm getting a headache. So, people said my career was over after TMZ. I need to show the world that we so-called people will not just be written off. It goes on. You have to see how, you have to see and feel how happy I am and how strong my family is. We're strong, we're even stronger because of this through love and the grace of God. I need to speak about how Chance demanding that we record in Chicago, reconnected with me and my roots and also my faith in Jesus Christ. I have to need to stop looking at my tweets as rant and start looking at them as therapy um, testimonies and we and some even ministry. This is a reach again. Um, God has given me the, this voice for a reason. I cannot be on meds and make and make watch the throne level or dark twisted fantasy level music. You don't even make runaway on medication. Even alcohol is an um, addictive substance called spirits that actually block our earthly connection to our spirits when we drown ourselves in it. Girl, this spirit feels lovely right now. It's a beautiful spirit. Mm. So 
he continues. He says, you can't make runaway. Okay, blah, blah, blah. I gave up. I give up drinking every week. Um, then he retweeted something saying, stop saying that Ken needs to take gay phone or he needs to take meds. This is raw emotion. Y'all don't feel you. Y'all do not feel that anymore because you're a, you're controlled. I'm loving the new music. I've been working on six months off meds. I can feel me again. Remember when Dark Fantasy came out? I used to tweet a storm also. <sighs> I think I'm done with the Kanye tweets. Um, I'm going to hold off on, the, on what needs to be said after that. Because Ariana responded and she said, um, let me see where she started. Okay, Ariana started here. With all due respect, I don't need to use anyone to promote anything, period. I was making a comment about what men uh, were doing at the time versus women. It was a joke, which I understand now was probably insensitive. I apologize if, um, if I was in any way triggering and hope you feel well, um, feel well today. Cute little tweet. Didn't give him no static. Blah, blah, blah. And then she said, last thing, stop weaponizing mental health, everyone. So, I love that she said that. Because literally, literally, afterwards, this happened. Bravo, Kanye, for standing up for yourself and speaking out against mental health. I can't explain to you enough how difficult and scary it is to be honest about stuff like this. We need people like Kanye. No one should ever point fingers at you for your uh, for your bravery. And speaking about mental health, I'm seriously disgusted. So then, mind you, he denounced mental health and then tweets this. I really don't want to be on this earth anymore. I'm doing my best to stay here for you, but I actually don't know how much longer I can last. All I've ever tried to do was help people. Just remember, I told you so. So... Remind you, all of these tweets basically censored besides the whole situation with Travis Scott, Drake, and um, Kanye. That's beside the point. Um, I feel like Kanye needs to go back on medication because you're doing this sporadic thing again. And it leads me to believe you really are bipolar and you came off your medication, which could be worse. Remember on Ye as a song called I Thought About Killing You. Now, mind you, supposedly this is what you want medication. You need to go back on said medication because I fear for the health, the mental state of your family. If you're saying you're happier now more than ever that you're off medication, no, you need to go back on. So um, I feel like people do love to ment- um, weaponize mental health. Um, I feel as if him saying that, feeling that he doesn't need to be on medication or that his medication prevents him from actually producing his best work it's besides the point is you really need it unfortunately you went through a very major loss to your mom and to this day you still aren't okay and it's okay that i'd be okay um you need that medication and i think you need to stay on it the fact that gets me to the whole point about pete davidson agreeing with kanye but then giving a suicidal note to the world via his Instagram. Now, everyone has something to say about this. And I was so glad that Machine Gun Kelly actually dropped everything that he was doing, hopped on the plane and went to Pete to go make sure that he was good or it was in a decent enough mental space to the point where he wasn't contemplating suicide. Um, We need to stop acting like mental health doesn't exist. 
Yes, it is a thing. Yes, it is very serious. And yes, if you need the treatment, take the treatment. If you're on medication, take the medication. Stop trying to weaponize saying that mental health is just something that's not serious. It's very serious. And you need that medication. You need therapy if need be. But don't sit here and say, oh, I don't need this medication. No, yes, you do. Obviously, if a doctor prescribed it to you, yes, you do. Um, also, another thing that in the case of um, I'm queuing um, Jodeci's Cry for You for the next topic that's on the TL. Oh, by the way, congratulations to, um, to Remy and Pat. The golden child is here. She was born on Friday. And yes, it's a girl. Um, Remy had what they said, a tough delivery, but they did welcome their newborn into the world. Um, I told you guys last week that um, Cardi made the announcement that she was separated from Offset, that she was in fact also thinking about filing for divorce. So over the week, it was also Offset's birthday, and he had one birthday wish. I've got one birthday wish, and that's to get my, my, my wife back, Cardi. You know what I'm saying? We're going through a lot of things right now, a lot of things in the video. I want to apologize to you, Cardi. You know, I embarrass you. I made you look crazy. Doing things I ain't had no business. I was partaking in activity that I shouldn't have been taking in. And I apologize, you know what I'm saying? Breaking your heart, breaking our promise, breaking God's promise, and, and being a, a, a selfish, messed up husband, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to be a better person. I want to get. So, I'm not going to play the whole thing. So, <clears throat> he had one birthday wish. He wanted his wife back, he wanted his family back. Um, if you remember, the real reason Cardi wanted a divorce or she's wanting to lead him is Offset was basically organizing to have a threesome with um, two women that did not include his wife. And you also remember the whole reason that Cardi even caught a case in the first place was because of the whole incident where he was trying to talk to some bartenders from a strip club. So... She made the decision to finally file for divorce. Um, all these fuck niggas is all in the timeline talking about some oh, party, give him a second chance. Everybody from the wrong people, by the way. Um, from T.I. I'm rolling my eyes as I say that name. Um, as problematic as he is when it comes to relationships. Um, it was T.I. It was <laughs> Kurt Frost. It was a lot of people. And everyone's backlash to Kurt telling him to get his family back. Um, I just, I cried. I really did. Um, I feel like one thing that he's missing in this whole situation is the realistic portion of it. Um, The problem with a lot of marriages and relationships in our society today is we all, for some reason, lack the realization that sometimes people work things out. And yes, it can happen, but it has to happen with one factor that everyone loves to take out of the equation, and that's time. Sometimes we have to understand it takes time to forgive someone, and it's not going to be overnight. And I'm also a stickler for don't just show me that, don't just tell me, excuse me, that you're sorry, show me. And I'm not talking materialistic materialistic things. Invest your time. Invest your effort. Sometimes, though you both are millionaires now, sometimes it takes the time, taking out that time to be present, be 
the try and be the husband. All those things that you did to get her, you need to do to keep her. And I feel like in this moment, you have to revisit those ideas and the uh, memories from yesteryear to possibly work things out with your wife. Um, Cardi also went on a rampage saying that um, no one should be attacking her husband or trying to go on rants about him. That is her business. And this is the third cat kid, and I really don't care. So, <laughs> I told y'all I'm still sick. So, hold on. Mm, good old line. So, also, he crashed a set that she had for, I forget the name of the festival, and I think it was the first time she headlined the festival. He crashed it with a whole flower arrangement saying, Take me back, Cardi. Came out, apologized on stage. And this is how I know this whole thing is a stage because her reaction to him coming on stage, like she looked really upset when she saw him pop up on her on her set. Like, listen, I'm working. Okay, these people paid top dollar to see me at this festival. And here you go with this final arrangement. Nobody wants to um, nobody wants to see you here. Like, I don't want to see you right now. I'm telling you, I need time. And you're trying to speed things up for me to take you back show me don't tell me show me and not buy things that can be bought time can't be bought effort can't be bought show me that you want me back show me you want this family back just show me don't sit here and think that i can be bought back and that these little things can easily win me back to you they're not going to and until you learn that you're going to repeat the same cycle and hopefully sometimes and this is one thing that um, Tammy said on Love and Hip Hop, which is Waka Flocka's wife, when her daughter realized that she would easily take Waka back. And she said, you do it all the time. She really realized sometimes you have to show them. It's not that easy to get someone back. It's really not. Like he went through not living with them for like a year before he actually came home and came to a senses like, I want my family. And she said, if you want your family, then prove it. We never left. You did. So best of luck to Cardi and Offset. Um, hopefully y'all work things out. Y'all exhausted my nerves. I only had those two things because I had to sound off and get my pain on them. And I honestly, with the Kanye tweets, I didn't want to even read them. I just got, I rolled my eyes when I saw it pop up that he was tweeting again. I'm like, I deal with enough during the week. I don't need to deal with you too. Um, I'm going to refill this good old cup and I'm going to be right back to dive into the thread. Hey, while I'm refilling my cup, please feel free to join the conversation. I can be found on all social media at WRIH Podcast. That is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, the handle would be WRIH Podcast. As I've announced before, the season finale will be next week. December 23rd, which will wrap season one, and I will return for season two on January 4th. Once again, please like, rate, subscribe, share. Let's get us up in these rankings, get these listens up, and let's get back to the show. Okay, I am back (laughs) in full effect. So I kind of wanted to wait to really give my take in this um, topic. So I want to say not so long after I recorded last week, um, SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud, who Jesus, SoundCloud rapper, um, 
hood boy dirtiness um new new veneers who's this singer well if you want to call him a singer i'll just call him somebody that sings himself a coder um jacques made a self-proclaimed speech on instagram last week where he declared himself by the way um the new king of r&b for this generation he stated in the video um I know who came before me, what they contributed, but I'm the king of R&B for this generation. I need a sip of wine because this is going to be a good one. Now, if you really know me, you know R&B is something I don't play with. It's my favorite genre of music. Um, <clears throat> when he made that um, that self-proclaimed speech all I could think about is um a few people and the first one that came to my mind was um so first of all if we're going to be crowning people which I really believe nowadays the term king and queen is used way too loosely because everybody wants that title but the problem is a lot of you niggas lack the humility of even calling yourself a king or a queen so the reason we call Beyonce queen is because of the fact that she's humble. She practices humility and she doesn't, you never see Beyonce respond to someone directly like online. If she does, she responds in more wax. So me and I remind y'all, if I gave two fucks about streaming numbers, I'll put lemonade up on Spotify. Anywho, this isn't about her. This is about this. So, um, if I had to form, which is utter bullshit, by the way, how the fuck did you, an artist that, well, though you've been in the game, I want to say you said sister like the early 2000s, but you were underground. And on top of that, you were doing remixes to other songs like what you did with Trip, might I, might I add. Um, your first project was released in 2014, which you released independently. Then you had an album that came out this year. You only have two bodies of work that are actually available for purchase. How the hell can you proclaim yourself to be the king of R&B and you barely sold or did a damn thing? How, Sway? You haven't really went platinum. You, ha- you have probably a couple features, a couple people in the industry probably fuck with you. You and that annoying E that you like to he, 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 he. I don't want to hear the CD scratch, sir. I don't want to hear CD scratch. I don't listen to CDs anymore. Who wants to hear a CD consistently scratch? If I wanted to hear he, he, I'm going to go ask my nephew to repeat E several times and he'll do it the same way. He, 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 he. No one wants to hear that. I mean, maybe your following wants to hear it, but I don't. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to hear you go he, he all over it. How the hell are you? How the hell are you a king of R&B and you barely can sing without vocal enhancements? What do I mean by vocal enhancement? Auto-tune. Oh, I can sing without auto-tune. You are flat as hell. Your notes are a cup. They're small breasts. They're chicken cutlets. How the hell can you sit here and say, oh, I'm the king of R&B? You can't perform. I, when, you came on this, when you came on the Soul Train Awards, I turned the TV. Okay, people with common sense just said, fuck this, we're turning the TV because no one wanted to see you perform. I had no interest in in watching you try and attempt to stroke um, on stage. No one that was there probably wanted to see it either. Um, Jafar's um, nephew, you can never 
first of all, controversial, controversial, and problematic as he is. Last time I checked, R and B, um, R and B King is still R Kelly. He's still alive. There's still breath in that body. But that influence, those sales, that impact is still there. And he does not need vocal enhancements for his tracks. R. Kelly can still hit the same notes that he hit when he was in his 20s. In case you needed a reminder. Um, before, underneath R. Kelly is Usher. Usher is the only art, male R&B artist that came from in the past, like since like the two, early 2000s, that has an R&B album with a diamond, a diamond certification. If for those of you that don't know what a diamond certification is, it sold over 10 million copies in the U.S. You haven't scratched the surface of even touching a diamond album, let alone platinum. Sit. And if we're gonna go beyond behind him. You have Chris Brown. I'm sorry. Everyone loves to bring up the situation that took place back when he, in his early 20s with what took place. But the one thing you can't take away from him is impact and especially sales. Chris Brown's discography, which a lot of people didn't know, was recertified this year. Every single that he has released from an album has minimum a platinum certification, which means it sold over a million copies in the U.S. alone. So you can try and deny, but if anybody was next to take or even had the strength to take the king of R&B title for this generation, it's going to be Chris Brown. How can you sit here and try and jump in front of someone that's done more than you, that's more influential than you? Anytime you turn on the radio, every time you hear a mix, especially when it comes to R&B, you're going to hear the name Chris Brown. He's attached to the genre. He grew up in this. Chris Brown has been sitting here dancing circles around you and that baby he he since he was 16. No one knows you. And while we're talking about kings, can we please pay respect to the vets that everyone loves to not talk about? I'm talking about your tanks. I'm talking about your Trey songs. I'm talking about your music soul child. I'm talking about your advice. I am talking about the people that don't get the respect they deserve. Donnell Jones is one of the most underrated R&B artists, male singers of all time. This man is a genius. His discography is untouchable. When you listen to it, it's pure R&B, but he will never get the respect he deserves. And it's sad, but we're sitting here talking about somebody that jumped in front of a damn camera, his broken iPhone 6 camera screen and, and with a pimple and claimed he was the king of R&B. You have not shown respect or humility to the people that came behind you. And I saw Darnell Jones was in the studio helping him record his last album, helping him write for that shit. So how the hell are you the king of R&B? You have so many people that came before you, so many people that shaped the genre. And a lot of people online were talking about the founding fathers of R&B. Who are the founding fathers of R&B? You're Donny Hathaway's. Your Luther Vandrosses, um, and I said Donny Hathaway, Luther Vandross. I'm forgetting one. I'm forgetting one. I'm forgetting one. And I said it earlier. Donny Hathaway, Luther Van, Luther Vandross, and Stevie Wonder. Those are the founding fathers of R&B because everyone has taken from them to convey some type of skill or soulfulness to their performance or delivery. Stevie is the goat for songwriters. No matter what you try and say or do, he is one of the goats. 
for songwriting when it comes to this genre. Luther Vandross's vocal performance through the roof. No, like literally, most of these singers wouldn't know how to sing if you never had a Luther. Luther is R&B's version, Mel R&B version of Whitney. There's no if, there's no and, there's no but in the sentence. You cannot sit here and not respect the people that found, that paved the way for you. And I'm not calling them kings because they're they're pioneers. They're pioneers because everyone has taken from them. And I'm sorry to inform everyone, Prince and Michael were not R&B. Prince was basically one of the people that took funk to the next level. Though he was bedded in R&B roots, he was funk. Michael was pop. Sorry to tell all of you. Michael was pop. He was not R&B. So put them in the titles of the genres that they identified with and they accepted. Michael accepted pop. Prince accepted funk. Prince was a whole different experience in itself. So when you make these claims, you make sure that you check to understand there's a bunch of people that came in this game before you and all of them are better than you. And majority of the people that I named about, especially the vets, and how can I forget Neo alone? Half of you people did not pay attention to Good Man and Good Man was actually a good album, but it didn't get the recognition that it deserved. And it came out in June, the end of June. And Nobody really talked about it like that. Everybody like bypasses it. So I'm like, how can he be the king of R&B and all of these great actual R&B artists put out bodies of work all the time? Diddy said something that was so true. You have to, it's a very serious genre. Most of us, the soundtrack of our lives came from R&B. And one of the main things that he, that he said, and it was so true, you have to be actually able, be able, actually be able to sing. Meaning without vocal enhancement, you have to be able to sing acapella, meaning no instrument, barely any background, just you, your voice and a microphone and no technical techniques that go with it. Meaning no enhancements, no echo, none of that. Just sing. And if you cannot do that and sound better than the studio recorded version, you're no one's king. You're, be- you're basically the court jester. So miss me with all that, especially with the people that were agreeing with you. They were agreeing with you. Yeah, he's the king. He's the king. You don't even know what you're talking about. You're sitting here calling him the king because you want to fuck him. No, he ain't saying nobody's draws off. He's nothing. He's nothing of importance as of yet. And until you actually learn that there's one main factor in calling yourself the king of anything that everyone missed, it's something called longevity. And longevity means time. Most of the people that we call kings, uh, call basically royalty when it comes to R&B, have been in the game for over 10 years. You've barely scratched the surface with going on five. You're no one's king. You have work to do. And you haven't even stood really the test of time. No one really knows your work. No one can name an actual Jacquez song. No one, but I can name damn near just about every Chris Brown, Neo, Trey songs, um, R. Kelly, Usher song, basically off the back of my damn hand without even trying. And damn near know the lyrics to it. So until people actually know you, respect your craft and actually acknowledge you and you actually take vocal lessons to learn how to sing or possibly play an instrument or learn how to dance and no one knows you. And you're no one's king. You're mainly the court jester. You're the fool. You're the entertainment. 
because you, your trick may have worked. You got publicity. But at the end of the day, no one, everyone's looking at you like you're a joke. So jokes on you. No one knows you. No one will ever know you. And that's all I got on um, Jaquisha and his antics. Um, <clears throat> my self-care tip of the week. I would say my self-care tip of the week would have to be appreciate your real friends. Um, Not saying people that are basically the people that check on you without you having to make an actual preparation that something is wrong or that you're not okay or you're not in a good space or shit is just not going right with you financially. The people that actually give a shit about you, your real friends and understand and respect them and honor them in your life because it's very rare nowadays that you find a real friend that you can be yourself around, tell your problems to without them judging you. And you have to learn to make time for them as well as your family, but mainly the people that don't know you from a can of paint, but all they know is that they love and appreciate your friendship. Appreciate your real friends. Because trust me, when you're down, they're the first people to run to come try and pick you up. So appreciate your real friends. Check on your friends. Be a friend this week. Um, This is a wonderful episode. Um, Next week is the season finale. Um, I'm going to try and get my special guests to come on next week um, and close it out for you guys for the year. It will be the last episode of 2018. And that will be it for the year. I'm taking the time off. My nephew will be here next week along with my younger sister. So I plan on being with them. So uh, until next week, Love you guys. Be good to somebody. If you can't find somebody good, be good to yourself. Peace out.